Hello and welcome to the podcast series, Is Your Company Ready for Industrial Scale Additive Manufacturing? Brought to you exclusively by Siemens PLM. I'm Dean Hanel, a member of the Siemens PLM marketing team. Today I'm joined by Robert Meschel, Siemens Director of the Additive Manufacturing Network Initiative. It's a new online collaborative platform designed to accelerate the use of additive manufacturing in the global manufacturing industry. In previous podcasts, one and two, we talked about how the next evolution for additive manufacturing and the risks and opportunity to move into industrial scale level manufacturing and what the barriers to that might be. Then in podcast three, we talked about the Siemens AM network and how it can serve the needs of any manufacturer, whatever their maturity level. Today in this podcast, we'll consider the potential use cases for additive and how the Siemens AM network will accelerate industrialized additive manufacturing. So with that, I'd like to welcome Robert to our podcast. Hello, Robert. Hello, Dean. It's great to be here with you again and talk about the future of industrial additive manufacturing. In our last podcast, we talked about the Siemens AM network and how it can serve the needs of any manufacturer, whatever their maturity level. Now I'd like for you to elaborate on the potential use cases, which can be done simultaneously, right? There is no order as these three aren't a linear path. That's correct. I think that uh, each of the manufacturer needs to decide what is best for their situation and what fits best into their needs. We were discussing about three major use cases. Definitely, these are not the only ones, but these are, I think, cover pretty much a big part of what the um, industrial IT manufacturing can do for these manufacturers. We talked about um, design for additive manufacturing. Uh, we talked about digital inventories and rapid scale-up for new production. I think that uh, each manufacturer can find the right use case that fits best into their needs and uh, make a decision which are the most important and how to proceed. Well, let's start with DFAM. We talked about this briefly before, but what exactly does it mean? Well, I think that uh, typically whenever we talk about uh, DFAM, it's usually oriented towards uh, some uh, design capabilities such as uh, topology, topology optimization, which is um, a technique to optimize the structure uh, by means of material consumption and by means of strength, or um, things like a lattice structure, which is building a, a multi-scale structural design, which is some kind of a positive mesh inserted into uh, the structure in order to mainly in order to, to make it lighter weight, but also sometimes in order to provide it some kind of uh, different uh, mechanical properties, as well as uh, the part consolidation which is uh, uh, really uh, one of the big benefits that additive manufacturing can deliver because it can reduce the number of parts and consolidate sub-assemblies into single parts and uh, make the overall assembly process and the overall uh, maintenance of these uh, products much easier than uh, with the standard manufacturing practices. However, um, in the network, in the additive manufacturing network, uh, when we talk about design for additive manufacturing, we usually add some more elements to that. And, and these are mainly related into the ability to do collaboration because um, today what happens is that most engineers are not equipped enough and do not have the right knowledge in order to complete the uh, task of design for additive manufacturing by themselves. And they're required to collaborate with uh, other service providers, which may be either engineers or maybe um, the uh, manufacturer of the parts, and also to do uh, co-creation and to provide the right knowledge into these engineers. So, for instance, elements like uh, technology selection. There are multiple technologies which are available today in additive manufacturing, and these technologies continue to evolve. And there needs to be some place where people can go and query and learn and uh, eventually select which kind of technology they would like to use for their specific design. This includes the ability to access to relevant guidelines, or to uh, make a proper selection of materials. Again, the uh, amount of information that is available in the market today is, is becoming so huge 
is that it's very hard for engineers to comprehend all this data and, and, and make decisions by themselves. So basically, design for additive manufacturing is really about how to facilitate the interaction that needs to take place in order to make the right decisions, as well as how to bring the knowledge in a way that it's much easier to consume and it's easier to eventually to operate. So it seems that some of the value of industrial-scale AM is unlocked through DFAM. That's absolutely correct. Eventually, uh, the big advantage of additive manufacturing can be realized only if you design or redesign parts in order to fit and to leverage the best uh, capabilities that uh, additive manufacturing can provide. Again, this may be lightweighting, this may be a very uh, advanced structures uh, based on design optimization. And unless you actually leverage this set of capabilities from uh, additive manufacturing, it will be very hard for you to really uh, get the right benefit. But uh, again, the, uh, the essence eventually is how to bring all the relevant knowledge, all the relevant tools, and how to facilitate the set of interactions that need to take place between the different people that are supposed to deliver the uh, design together in a way that you can really leverage the set of benefits that additive manufacturing can provide you. Robert, you mentioned digital inventory. What are you talking about there? Well, this is really about uh, the ability to design anywhere and uh, build anywhere, or, or if you wish, the separation between the design and manufacturing. Today, uh, there is a huge amount of investment done by manufacturers in maintaining and storing inventory and shipping and the transportation of this inventory to the point of consumption. This is a, a very big element in the cost structure of these manufacturers. And if these can be eliminated, this is definitely going to provide a very big advantage to these manufacturers. Um, actually, from the beginning of the industrial age, uh, economies of scale was always considered to be like the uh, number one factor to be more efficient and the ability to do mass production. So basically, to create the same part over and over again. This created a situation where products were built in one central location and then they uh, were shipped into globally into uh, the point of, con- of consumption, which basically... Uh, even though there was some advantage for the economies of scale and for the mass production, it added additional cost elements to it, like uh, inventory and distribution and logistic overhead, uh, which becomes to be quite significant. However, what we see in the market, um, a trend which is uh, uh, continues to uh, become more and more significant, is that there is uh, actually a demand or, or a trend towards a bed size of one. So uh, people would like to have more individualized parts. Sometimes this is because... This is really uh, what is needed, like if you look into medical devices or for implants within the body, so definitely needs to be fully customized into the spe- and personalized into the, speci- the specific needs of uh, the specific patient, but also because of the customer taste. Uh, people would like to have their solutions more individualized, okay? Also, um, the variation is going uh, uh, higher. So if, if in the past, uh, I'll just to say, uh, you can get any color as long as this is black, this is not an option anymore. And people actually do want to have their product the way they want to have it. Okay, and this requires some high valuation in the product mix. And also there is a very strong demand by the consumers to have products which are being produced locally. And additive manufacturing actually allows you to do this kind of a bedside of one high valuation and local because eventually... Each uh, product is individualized product that is being produced separately. And if this is done anyhow by a specific machine, and we're talking here about high digitalized process, and this is really executed mainly by machines, um, there's no big difference about where the machine is located or there is no advantage in putting uh, 500 same machines within the same facility. So basically you can distribute the 500 machines 
globally um, and then serve the local uh, market by each of these machines. And therefore, uh, this is a very strong advantage that uh, additive manufacturing and basically a paradigm shift from the market behavior that additive manufacturing can provide. And, but this is not only about uh, cost reduction. This is really also about uh, the speed and agility. The fact that you can serve your local market that makes it so much more agile and so much easier to access. The fact that this is batch of one, this is definitely also uh, an agile element. Uh, the fact that uh, there's no one central location that's supposed to do the entire uh, uh, production for everywhere and there needs to be some centralized prediction about how the manufacturer needs to take place, this is also a big advantage that uh, you can actually distribute the overall production capacity throughout the world. However, uh, this is maybe the uh, goal of all manufacturers to get into this situation, but there, uh, as any new technology, uh, you need to have the right infrastructure to support that. And this includes the ability to uh, manage digital inventories, which is basically what we call the technical package. This is the definition, the digital definition of what the product, how it should behave, and uh, how it should be produced. Um, and then you need to be able to uh, exchange the digital uh, package, the original OEM of the product, into a local supplier that can produce this part, and in order to do that, you need to have the right security mechanisms. You need to make sure that you have visibility into the uh, manufacturer and to make sure that these manufacturers have the right capacity to produce this part with the specific uh, uh, instructions that you provide about how to produce it. You need to make sure that these manufacturers do adhere to your specifications because otherwise you'll not be able to provide the certification that this part is actually properly produced and properly can be used by the uh, end customer. So therefore, you need to have a set of capabilities to monitor of the production. And mind you, this is monitoring of production, which is not owned by you. And many times, this is monitoring of production of somebody that your interaction with him is ad hoc interaction. So it's not like a, a supplier that you may work on a constant basis. This may be once in, in, in quite a long time when you approach a specific supplier because maybe you don't have a local market, which is justifying more uh, fluent interaction with this supplier. And therefore, this makes the overall set of uh, management of the ecosystem way more complicated, and it requires some new and more innovative ideas of how to support that. There are so many benefits that can be realized. It's amazing. Streamlined logistics alone can certainly save a company a lot of money. But I think earlier you also talked about rapid scale-up for production. Tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, uh, additive manufacturing, uh, and we discussed this before, additive manufacturing is, truly has the potential to become an exponential technology. And uh, the tipping point where the amount of activity with additive manufacturing is really coming very fast. And I think that manufacturer needs to be prepared for these opportunities that uh, this is going to provide. So, for instance, if you look into uh, BCG estimates, when they look into the aerospace industry, they project that by 2030, about 20% of the critical aerospace engines are going to be produced by additive manufacturing, or 5 to 10% of the aircraft components are going to be produced by 2025. So, it's really not too far away from now, and this is only one industry and, and one specific domain. And if you can multiply it now to all the other uh, domains that uh, additive manufacturing is relevant for, you can imagine how big the industry can become and, and unit, uh, producers that would like to be part of it and to be prepared in order to, to be able to support that. That's not too far off. It's really a um, very close opportunity. This means that they need to build the right capabilities in order to support much larger production capacity. This is true for service bureau, for instance, because in high probability, if they want to serve larger markets, they need to think about how to grow faster 
and now they can provide more services to their customers. This is definitely true for manufacturers who would like to uh, benefit from the additive manufacturing domain, and they need to start to think about whether they do it in, in their own internal production or external. They need to think about how they manage huge amount of orders and huge amount of parts that need to be produced. This includes, again, we mentioned before, the ability to uh, monitor the specific order, to monitor the specific production cycle, to make sure that the suppliers do, do meet their specifications and so on and so forth. So this is large sort of uh, technological capabilities and infrastructure that manufacturers uh, uh, need to have in order to support that. Just, just one example. If, for instance, you produce uh, 1,000 parts, uh, similar parts or identical parts, in traditional manufacturing, usually you have one data set that includes all the uh, information uh, for all these 1,000 batch of parts that you produced. Native manufacturing, even though this may be one order of 1,000 parts, each one, each one of these parts is produced individually. And therefore, the amount of data that is being collected in order to uh, verify and monitor and control and to uh, trace the uh, work that was done on these parts is actually multiplied a thousand times. So this is much larger data that needs to be managed. And in today's world, data is becoming really essential for continuous learning. We discussed before about how continuous learning is really one of the major assets or one of the major elements that companies should look at and see how they can produce in a better way for the future and how they can improve their own processes. So now you have 1,000 new data sets that you can learn from. This becomes a very critical capability that producers need to look at and see how they can leverage this amount of data. And this requires some infrastructure to support them to collect the data and to monitor the data and so on. Now, these use cases you mentioned, Robert, can be done in any order and may or may not apply to different businesses and industries, correct? Yes, that's correct. Different business models, industries, products may uh, find themselves in different use cases. This is fine. Uh, Eventually, uh, you can see how each of these uh, use cases benefits the potential customers. Like, for instance, DFAM, uh, which allows you weight reduction is very critical for automotive, it's very critical for uh, aerospace, or when we talk about personalization, um, it's very critical for medical. You can personalize uh, uh, in medical uh, the uh, implants and so on. This is a very important capability or actually critical capability that needs to be done. Inventory uh, reduction with uh, a replacement part, this is definitely very critical for industrial machinery. So basically, every company is different, every product is different, and each individual use case for uh, industrial-scale additive manufacturing uh, may apply to different uh, customers in different time. And this is part of the uh, learning curve that the experts that connected into the uh, Siemens Additive Manufacturing Network can help these customers to choose and, and locate the right use cases that can provide them the highest benefit in the near term. In this, our fourth podcast, Where to Start, Free Use Cases for Industrial-Scale Additive Manufacturing, Robert has provided great insights into the benefits and the use cases for industrial-scale AM and how the Siemens AM network will help customers get the most from their additive manufacturing journey. Thank you, Robert, for these use case examples. They're very insightful. This is the last podcast in our series, Is Your Company Ready for Industrial-Scale Additive Manufacturing? We hope you'll follow us on social media and also at www.siemens.com forward slash PLM forward slash AM podcasts for this entire series of podcasts and other great additive manufacturing topics. Siemens, ingenuity for life.